The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yeah, hello everyone. Welcome to Sports Day at WA. You're with Peter Vlahos between now and six. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. Now we're looking at the major sports story for the good oil for Cobram Estate, Premier Australian extra virgin olive oil. And the big story today is Mrs V, my mum, turns 87. That's the biggest story today. Happy birthday, Mum. 87 years young today. We wish you all the best. No, seriously, apart from that, uh, the story for me, and we'll get to the trade news a bit later on, it's pretty well been covered by the run home by Hayes and Mardo. And as I said to Jimmy Williams, my executive producer, and also Paul Heath, my gun panel operator, there's plenty of other sport happening as well. And we're going to touch on it during the course of the hour, but the thing that was first floated on this program probably about a week or so ago is when I spoke to Kate Harvey, who's the head of the cricket department at the West Australian Cricket Association, because coming out in the last 24 hours, uh, the word about uh, superstar all-rounder Cam Green, he looks uh, set to miss the Perth Scorchers title defence this summer, played very little last summer because he had that hand injury, but he, instead he's leaning towards taking a breather as he manages a stacked international schedule. This is what Cade Harvey had to say on this program just about a week or so ago about Let's have a look at the men's BBL. There's been some talk about uh, the Brisbane Heat pretty keen to offer Cameron Green a pretty good deal. What's the latest on that? Yeah, look, I think um, over the pre-season, it's always been challenging with your Australian players knowing their availability and their appetite to play the big bash, given how much cricket they play. So we're certainly comfortable with where it sits with Greeny. Um, you know, I think at some point he's going to need a break, but, um, you know, I can understand why. I think all eight teams would love to have Cameron Green on their list, so we certainly don't take that for granted. But, look, I think something, a decision will be made either way over the next week or so. Um, certainly Cameron's away, um, you know, he's about to embark on a World Cup, so I'm sure he'll like to square that away. But, as I said, we're pretty comfortable with where it sits and, um, you know, we value Cameron very highly and would like to keep him a scorcher. But, um, yeah, we'll just see how the next week plays out. So you're not totally confident that you'll keep him? Oh, look, if, if I think at this stage, it's, it's really about whether whether Granny wants to play or not. I'm really comfortable that um, if Granny wants to play in the Big Bash, that he'll be a Perth scorcher. I think, like a lot of those world-class players now, they actually debate whether playing in the Big Bash is, is, is actually manageable for them. So I'm really confident that if Greeny wants to be part of the Big Bash, he'll be a Perth scorcher. Um, but I think that's the decision he needs to make over the next week or so. And, and we'll be comfortable either way. You know, we sort of bank on him not being available. We just want to stay, keep him connected to the scorchers. And, you know, he, he's been a strong part of WA cricket. He's certainly, um, we, we enjoyed having him last year, even though he was injured. But um, it's really a decision for, for how Kane Green is to be involved. I, I sort of think that's where the decision will be rather than which team he plays for. So there you go. That's what Kate Harvey had to say and very much a decision to be made by Cam Green himself. And the word is that Cam Green just needs a bit of a break from the rigours of uh, international cricket. And that might be the case that he decides to sit out the BBL 
and concentrate on getting himself freshened up. After all, it's been wall-to-wall cricket. He probably, for the most part, he looks like certainly giving way to Marcus Stoinis for the next World Cup match against South Africa tomorrow. Gets underway at 4.30 our time because I think he just he needs a rest. He's a young man. The workload has been quite significant, so I just feel he needs to just freshen up for what promises to be a very biz, busy 2024. So that's the latest with Cameron Green. One of the lead stories, thanks to Coverman State, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. There's a bit of word, actually, interesting here, Peter from Belmont on the Temper of Bedshed text machine, and you can text us any time with any news you hear around the traps. 0487 736 736. That Pete from Belmont, good on you, Peter. Thanks for this. It's got us thinking that my mail, this is what Peter texts us in, my mail is that Stewie Jew is heading to the West Coast Eagles as an assistant coach. Stewie Jew heading to the West Coast Eagles as an assistant coach. Now, I know that Adam Simpson was an assistant at Hawthorne, but that was before he got the job at West Coast in 2014. As we know, Stuart Jew also spent some time during his playing career at Hawthorne between 2008 and 2009 and then went up to Sydney to be an assistant coach from 2010 through to 2017. So it hasn't exactly overlapped with Adam Simpson during his time at Hawthorne. But it appears, according to Pete, because I just had to work that out, that uh, Stewie Jew heading to the West Coast Eagles as an assistant coach, which, which, which wouldn't be a bad get, actually, which wouldn't be a bad get uh, in relation to being a seasoned AFL coach. He was part of the Gold Coast Suns for many years, as we know, from 2018 until he was given uh, his marching orders at the end of 2023. He's done it tough. We know the West Coast Eagles have done it tough. He wouldn't be in any way shirking any of the issues in relation to the so-called rebuild of the West Coast Eagles. So, Peter, if your information is correct, we'll wait and see if that transpires. Uh, give us your thoughts, uh, 0487 736 736. Let's get some trade information now for Continental Tyres. And as we know, Sydney's Dylan Stevens, that deal is done. He heads to North and the Roos receive Stevens along with this year's pick number 25, which is currently tied to Hawthorne. Now, the Roos hand over a future end of first round selection, currently pick number 19 in the 2024 AFL draft and the club's uh, 2023 third round selection currently picked number 44. Now, if you can understand that, you're a better person than I. That is absolute double Dutch to me uh, regarding that uh, pick, regarding Sydney's Dylan Stevens. The deal's done, but honestly, you need to be Einstein to work out which pick's going there, that pick's going there. That's what I get confused about. Let's find out that's something that's a bit more common sense. And as we know, the big one today was, again, involving Sydney. Brody Grundy's on his way to Sydney, pick number 46, and a future second rounder. That'll head to Melbourne. So congratulations there to Brody Grundy. Third AFL club after Collingwood, Melbourne, and now Sydney. He's become a real journeyman. 
And also, Sydney locked away their trade to get Taylor Adams, the vice-captain of Collingwood, who missed the grand final due to injury. Pick 33 has gone to Collingwood in exchange for the vice-captain this year of the Magpies. Just a couple of the uh, deals that were done. Thanks to Continental Tyres, the AFL Trade Radio update. You can catch AFL Trade Radio on the SEN network. On the Tempera Bedshed text machine, happy birthday, Mrs. V. Good on you. Thanks very much for that, uh, Darren. I appreciate uh, your best wishes for my mother. Uh, Pete, uh, is Green even in the Australian eleven? Probably better to spend the season playing back at WA. Yes, okay, self-interest, but would be less stressful. While he's such an important player, he's very similar to Mitch Marsh, to be fair. Even though Mitch Marsh now in his early 30s, what's Mitch, 30, 31? When Mitch broke into the Australian team some 10 years ago, and then he had all those injuries, when he was fit and available, the Australian selectors wanted him back in the Australian team. Okay, he's now become a bit more of a short-form player with T20s and the ODIs. But he played, as we know, test cricket, and they kept bringing him back. They just wanted Mitch Marsh because of his all-round capabilities in the side. You look at Cameron Green now, and he is a wonderful talent. Wonderful talent. I think sometimes we get carried away that we expect too much too soon. After all, Cameron Green... He's only 24 years of age. He's uh, nearly, what, 1.98 metres tall. He can bat. He can field. We've seen what sort of gully fieldsman he is. He's an elite gully fieldsman. And as we know, he can bowl as well. But in the end, I think the body is tired. He needs to refresh himself. And I think the good idea is don't get involved in the hurly-burly of the purse scorches and the BBL. Rest up because in the end, the Australian cricket team needs him, both in the long form of the game and, of course, uh, the short form of the game. And as we know, he picked up $3 million in the IPL uh, this season as well. So he's a very, very sought-after commodity. Playing back at WA, well, who knows? Who knows what the plan will be going forward? Maybe on his way back, he may play a shield game for WA on the other side of Christmas. We'll have to wait and see. We'll take a break. Uh, send us your text. Love to hear from you. 0487 736 736. You're with Peter Vlahos. This is Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Have your company. You're with uh, Peter Vlahos. Uh, World Cup cricket uh, continues. Afghanistan are taking on India tonight. Uh, Afghanistan won the toss, uh, elected to bat. This is all thanks to sports update for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Afghanistan won for 37 in the ninth over against the Indians, playing their second game. Of course, India beat Australia in their first outing the other night. Uh, what was also interesting today is the fallout regarding Mark Duffield's comments regarding leading AFL player manager Colin Young and the fact that uh, rather than sit down with some of his stable and try and negotiate uh, longer-term deals, uh, a lot of his stable have decided to leave Fremantle and go to other clubs. And Mark Duffield suggested that Colin Young is deliberately 
trying to force some of his players to, to leave Fremantle because of a past situation between him and the club that reportedly wasn't really that savoury after management changed. This is what Mark Duffield said on Colin Young and Fremantle, which has caused a, a few waves uh, over the last few hours. Yeah, I think absolutely. There is a strained relationship. You've only got to look at the, the 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 names of the manager for a lot of these players that have been shifted, particularly the ones um, you know like Rory Lobb, who tried to go two years out from the end of the contract and then ended up going and then a year out from the end of the contract. Griffin Logue. Um, I think Blake Akers is a different one, even though he's a Colin Young player. I think Blake Akers, to me, is a genuine list management error on Fremantle's behalf. They could have kept him at a, at a reasonable price and he would have been a valuable player at that price. So I think he's a different one to the other ones. But I think in some of the other cases where managers would have been actively trying to re-sign their players at the club, I think Colin Young has been actively trying to shift them and that's a matter between Colin Young and Fremantle. Um, but I certainly think there would be tension between Colin Young and Fremantle. So there you go. And as I said, that's caused uh, a few waves. We endeavoured to contact Colin Young. But, uh, and I think he was due to actually come into uh, SEN yesterday, but he's just parked that. Or in fact, tomorrow, he's just parked that for now. So we'll see what transpires there. Uh, just some other news is this morning, the Perth Glory launched their brand new season and it was held at Fraser's Restaurant uh, overlooking Kings Park. It was a, a fabulous event, a lovely breakfast. Uh, and later in the program, I'll be speaking to Alex Aparkas, who is going to his fifth season as coach of the A-League women's program at the Perth Glory. And they've recruited very well. In fact, he was involved with the Philippines national team at the recent FIFA Women's World Cup. And Alan Statich, as we know, the current Glory coach, was in charge of the Philippines national team. And he got Alex to sort of assist him uh, towards the tail end of the tournament. So because of that experience... Alex has recruited two players from that Philippines national team into the Perth Glory squad. And what's interesting is the two players that have come in were up against two other players in the Glory squad that represented New Zealand at international level and were involved in that match. So I'm going to have a chat to him about that and about the dialogue and the dynamics uh, on the back end of that historic result in the FIFA Women's World Cup and bringing the Philippines players into the side uh, and now reacquainting themselves with those New Zealand internationals that were beaten on that day. But it was a very interesting breakfast. There wasn't a lot said about the ownership. Owner that Anthony Radich, the CEO of the Perth Glory, says it's imminent. I thought actually, and I went on the record suggesting that it may have happened a couple of weeks ago. But again, at the breakfast this morning in front of the government officials and corporate clients, he says it's imminent. I believe it is. For me, it's a bit overdue because I thought it might might have happened maybe a week or two ago. But uh, we'll wait and see what that happens. I think it will happen certainly before the start of the season. Now, the men's season starts on October the 22nd and the W women's season starts this weekend. Hence, while we'll have a chat to Alex Aparkas. Also, later on, now I'm gauging here because I like having a variety of sports on my program and not focus on one. Uh, there are music stations that, you know, use the term variety. I'm using the term variety when it comes to this sports program. 
He to my panel operator is having a bit of a chuckle out there. Now, how many people, and I'd love to get you on the Temper of Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736, are interested in the UFC? Because today, big news regarding UFC featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky has decided to face off for the lightweight title against Islam Makachev in 11 days' time in Abu Dhabi. Now, I canvassed here at the SEN floor how many people are interested in UFC, and I was surprised that a good 50% of the people here at SEN are really invested in UFC. I'm not sure about you, the listener. So I'm going to do a bit on it a bit later on. I'll speak to my MMA expert, Brett Bonetti, who's very much across it. But reportedly, this is huge, huge news. So we're going to focus on that a bit later on. But I'm guided by you, 0487 736 736, about UFC and how much you're interested in. I think it's more place for a young demographic than maybe the older demographic who really haven't been brought up on it. But we know when UFC does happen and the events are on show, they just pack wherever it's showing, whether it be taverns, whether it be hotels, whether it be sporting associations. It is heaving and it's becoming more significant, I think, with every event. And the Australian that is involved in this next fight, Alexander Volkanovsky. Reportedly, it's going to be a huge, huge event. So I'll speak to Brett Benetti about it uh, a bit later on in the program. Going back to the glory, they announced co-captains, the A-League men's team, uh, defender Mark Beavers, and also Adam Taggart. They are co-captains for the Perth glory this season. And congratulations to them taking over from Mustafa Amini, who was the sole captain last year. Mustafa was there, but also... Uh, was accepting of the fact that injury plagued his appearances last year. This is what Mark Beavers had to say about sharing the captaincy with Adam Taggart this season. Uh, I know you want there to be in terms of goals, uh, but like I say, I don't think there should be really a goal race. To be fair, I'd like to think Tags is going to win that one if there's going to be like a you know a goal off between the captains. But um, yeah, look in all seriousness, like you know, it's I think it's healthy for the team to have like two different kind of leaders in my opinion like you know Tags is a, a Perth boy and like he um, I think it's good for a fan looking in as well like to have a Perth boy who's captain, captain and I'd like to think myself that I bring a little bit of a experience from the, the captain side of things from uh, when, I, when I play back over in England so I think it's going to be a healthy one and hopefully it's uh, going to help us in, this, in the upcoming season. Mm. And he also spoke about the impact that the brand-new coach, Alan Stadjic, has had on the side early in the pre-season. Yeah, it's been great. I think whenever, since the, since the day he come through the door, I think he's tried to implement his ways um, in training and then in the games that we played also. Um, and the lads have really taken that on board and bought, bought into it. And uh, I think in spells throughout pre-season, there's uh, anyone that's gone down and watched us has um, seen some good passages of play and you know a real style um, about us. Um, but it's our job now to replicate that and, and, and take it into the A-League. Mm. So there you go. And finally, in this update for Polaris, where the plate clearance deals are on now, save $2,000 on the Ranger 1,000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. In cricket, Glenn Maxwell spoke about the announcement, and we're about to hear it confirmed, that LA... 
in 2028 will have cricket as an Olympic sport. It will be the T20 format. This is what Glenn Maxwell had to say about that. I'll be around. I'm not sure in what capacity. Who knows if I'll still be playing by then. I think I'll be 39. Could be fielding coach. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know what, what the next few years hold. I'd like to tell you I'll be still playing at 39, but let's just get through this tournament first. There you go. Glenn Maxwell talking about the 2028 Olympic Games. And, of course, cricket looks like it will be featured uh, at those Olympic Games in L.A. and it will continue in the 2032 Olympic Games that will be staged, as we know, in Brisbane. Just updating the cricket. Afghanistan a one for 48 in the 10th over against India. What about last night? Mohammad Rizwan and opening batter Abdullah Shafiq led Pakistan to a record run chase, six-wicket win over Sri Lanka. I watched a bit of this last night, and Sri Lanka looked off... In fact, Pakistan looked off the boil. Uh, Sri Lanka batted first and made nine for 344. The bowlers got walloped from both sides on a a perfect batting pitch, Uh, and Pakistan can be hit and miss sometimes when it comes to international cricket. I didn't see Pakistan bat, but I saw their bowlers getting smashed. But in the end... Chasing a target of 345, Rizwan played with a pulled right calf, scored an unbeaten 131 off 121 balls, while Shafiq scored 113 to help Pakistan reach four for 345 with 10 balls to spare. And what's interesting regarding this World Cup is the volume of runs that are being scored by most nations. After all, the other night, South Africa scored over 400, and 300 is almost becoming just a pass mark in this 50-over-a-side World Cup. As we know, tomorrow night, Australia take on South Africa. I spoke to Barat Sandarason last night. It is pivotal that Australia win that and don't start this tournament 0-2. and two. So we'll follow that very closely. It will be actually starting at about 4.30 tomorrow afternoon, and we'll have the early scores here on Sports Day WA. On the other side of the break, uh, we're going to look at the uh, start of the A-League women's competition. Perth Glory taking on Western United happens on Saturday night at Macedonia Park, 7 o'clock kickoff. And a man that's just recently signed an extension to have another couple of years as coach of uh, the Perth Glory women's program is Alex Aparkas. He's heading into his fifth season. And also today, the captain was announced of that team as well. We'll share that news with you after the break. The Scarborough Toyota Open Line. Call Peter Vlahos anytime on 13 12 55. Sell your car to Scarborough Toyota in Osborne Park. They buy all makes and models. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. Thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for 45 years. Uh, This morning, the Perth Glory launched their season, of course, with the A-League men's and women's teams. A great get-together, a great gathering at Fraser's Restaurant uh, overlooking the city. And there's a real sense of optimism. Uh, inside the Perth Glory. As we know, we still await to see who the new owners will be. 
but there's been some significant uh, off-field work and also on-field in relation to recruiting. We've got uh, the A-League women's coach, Alexa Parkas, who we're about to have a chat to, who just recently signed an extended deal as coach. He's entering his fifth season and Alan Stadjic, as we know, will be the A-League men's coach. And we look forward, certainly, to the Perth glory climbing up the ladder. But for mate, fair dinkum internet without the fuss, let's have a chat to Alex Aparkas, uh, the coach of the Perth glory women's side, who make their debut for the new season this Saturday night at 7 o'clock at Macedonia Park against Western United, who featured in the grand final last season. Alex, thanks for your time. I'll say it again, mate. Alex, thanks for your time. My pleasure as always, Pete. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, nice feel in the room this morning, wasn't there? Uh, I was, uh, as you mentioned earlier, it was, it was a sense of optimism throughout the whole, yeah, the whole room. And I think that um, everyone in, in there would have been excited about what's coming up across both the A-League men and the A-League women's season. For those people that don't know, uh, just uh, during the FIFA Women's World Cup, uh, you're involved in that and worked alongside Alan Stacic, who we know was in charge of the Philippines national team, recorded uh, a victory against New Zealand by one goal to nil. Historic, that result, but also historic that the Philippines uh, were in the FIFA Women's World Cup. What was that like as an experience for you? Look, it was was a pretty incredible occasion. Uh, The whole tournament... And obviously that that night in particular, where we were able to get a, a win against New Zealand on on their home soil, um, yeah, some pretty special memories. And you know, they're probably they're the they're the moments that you really are involved in sport for. Um, celebrating and sharing that with with a group is is something that really excited me at the time. And look, I was only a part of the group towards the back end of their their campaign. Um, but what, what I saw and what I was able to be a part of was something that will um, yeah, stay with me for a long time. Saying that, it's been a bonus for the Perth Glory because you've been able to lure and secure a couple of those uh, Philippines players that will be part of the Perth Glory lineup. Yeah, uh, we were very lucky. Um, both Quinley Cazada and, and Jess Cowart were players that throughout the entire tournament stood out to me. Um, I was able to sort of just observe their behaviours and just see how professional they are um, from a, you know, from a, a close standpoint. And it was impressive. Um, they've got a great skill set on the field and they're great people off the field and they have real, um, real energy and, and they've got an edge about them from a character perspective. So, you know, they were, they were things that, you know, started to really excite me um, about them. And then just to see what they can do on the field, I thought it was exactly what we needed. And, you know, the, the conversations took place and they were really eager and excited to come be a part of it. And I think they're loving it so far. And when the Philippines beat New Zealand by one goal to nil, there's a couple of members that are currently in the Perth Glory lineup that, of course, represented New Zealand. They were foes on that night. They come together as teammates for the new A-League women's season. Well, I had to sort of take bunker because I was sitting between <laughs> both sets of players. So I got out of there really quickly. But no... It was, um, you know, I think when you play international football, you know, you're, you're representing your country and you want to do do as best as you can and, and, and ensure that your your country's proud of what you're doing. And I think that's what both both sets of players did. Um, but, you know, here now we're under under the same badge and representing the club. And, 
that, you know, that's all be, behind us now. We're, we're here to put our best foot forward for Perth Glory, and I, I know that's what the players are thinking as well. Natasha Rigby has been in very much the glue of the A-League women's program for the Perth Glory. She'll play her 100th A-League game during the course of the early part of the upcoming season, but was today announced for a fifth year as the captain of the side. What does she bring to the group? Tash is a really special character. You know, I, I, I just remember my first day at the club and my first training session, you know, four seasons ago now, and it just was such a vivid memory. I, I knew that I, I was looking and talking to a real competitor, a real energy-based player, and someone who just is relentless on the pitch. Um, and, you know, they were really important trades to me. And, you know, I think that Tash, she she bleeds purple and she wants to represent this team and her teammates day in, day out, the best possible way. And I think that we're very fortunate to have a character like her in our group and a leader like her in our group. And we've got a strong working relationship and we both set some really high standards and we try and lead by example in our different positions. And get the group to buy into what we're doing. And, um, yeah, each day she she's the best version of herself and I can't ask her anything more. And what she's done for, for Perth Glory and women's football in WA speaks for itself. I think she's going to... She's in the midst of leaving a really strong legacy um, and I'm just really grateful to be a small part of that with, with her journey. No, she's a fantastic individual, uh, as you said. Uh, certainly goes at it hard on the field, but such a warm and embracing figure off the field... You kick it off this Saturday night against Western United. I know you've recruited aggressively and you're very comfortable with the squad you've assembled, but this is an early test, isn't it, for you on Saturday? It's exactly what we um, you know, w- would have hoped for. I think when, when the draw came out, I was really excited when I saw that we're playing Western United round one at home for a number of reasons. The first one being that we get to test ourselves against a team that had a really great season last year. They're well coached. They've got some great players. So I thought that, yeah, that's fantastic. Let's let's go up against one of the best early on and see exactly where we're at. And then to have that opportunity to do that at home um, was the extra, you know, benefit in that fixture. So I'm looking at that with, with real optimism and real excitement. I think, um, you know, we're not going into that match to take a backward step. We're going there to win. Um, and I, I really believe that the players share that excitement and that optimism and, that's why I think Saturday will be a fantastic um, spectacle. It will be a, a fantastic spectacle, and we're certainly looking forward to it. I spoke to you last season, and uh, you were trying to squeeze into the finals race, but you had a terrible draw, particularly at the back end of the season, where I think you may have played three games in seven days all on the road. Have you had a close look at the fixtures this time around, and are they a bit more accommodating for the Perth Bay side? Look, they are. And look, the back end of last season, it wasn't kind to us, um, but it wasn't meant to be like that from the start. I think there was a a fixture change uh, that happened mid-season on Sydney FC's behalf and we went to play them. And as a result, they sort of clumped a few fixtures together last minute towards the back end. And it was just just at the wrong time for us. But the reality is it's, um, it's a completely different team and it's a completely different season. The, sched- the schedule is what it is. You know, we, we have to, you know, bear the brunt of whatever whatever it looks like, but we're ready for that. And I'm, I'm really confident that we've got a winning team this year and we're going to be successful regardless of what the schedule looks like. And 
that's sort of our mentality and our motto in, in, in-house at the moment. We just want to make sure we don't look back at anything towards the end of the season and say we could have done something different. We just want to go hammer and tong from, from the start. There's a real spring in the steps, certainly, of your players. You as the coach, entering your fifth year as coach of the Perth Glory. It all starts Saturday night under lights at Macedonia Park there in Balcata. Seven o'clock kickoff, Perth Glory against Western United. And we urge everybody to get out and support the Purple. Good luck, Alex, and we'll keep in touch. Good luck for Saturday. No, thanks. Appreciate your support this morning with the event and, and your ongoing support with everything we're doing. Cheers, Peter. Alex Aparkas joining us. Uh, he's a very good operator, cool customer, tactically very good. And let's hope the Perth Glory uh, women's side do make the finals after missing out by narrow margins in the last two campaigns. Of course, you can score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr worldie with mate. And we spoke about Natasha Rigby, who's entering her fifth year as captain of the Perth Glory women's side. She took over from Sam Kerr. Uh, five years ago when Sam Kerr was captain of the Perth Glory before, of course, going overseas and uh, the rest is history. Big news in UFC today, significant news. In fact, the office here at SEN, some of the guys uh, and people here are quite excited about a UFC bout that they would have been at here at RAC Arena in Perth just a few months ago. We'll tell you more about it on the other side of the break when we speak to our MMA expert, Brett Benetti, here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6, with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day WA. Don't forget, you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. Just check everything online. And also, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance to win TNCs do apply. But check that out as well. I'll tell you what we're going to check out now because uh, here in the SEN office, some of the uh, personnel were going off today with some big news, huge news in the world of combat sports today. We know that Tim Zhu will take on Brian Mendoza this Sunday, but the breaking news comes out of UFC where the featherweight champ, Australia's own Alexander Volkanovsky, has stepped up on short notice, I believe 11 days notice, to take on UFC lightweight champ Islam Makachev at UFC 294 on Sunday week. Brett Benetti is right across that. He's our MMA expert here on Sports Day WA. Brett, thanks for your time. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Peter. And yes, you are right. This is huge news in the world of combat sports. Tell us more on how this all came about because we saw, as we know, Alexander Volkanovsky a few months ago here in Perth. Yeah, that's right. And this is a match uh, rematch from that event. So again, Alexander Volkanovsky was trying to be uh, becoming a double champ uh, by going for Islam Makachev's lightweight belt. And funny enough, that was at UFC 284 right here in Perth. Magnificent fight. He fell just short, almost stopped Makachev in the fifth round of that fight. Been calling for a rematch ever since. And Mac- Makach- Islam Makachev was due to face Charles Oliveira on that date, on October 22, at UFC 294. 
Uh, and what happened? That was in, uh, that's going to be in Abu Dhabi, by the way. Mm. But what happened is that uh, Charles Oliveira was sparring day before he's due to fly out for the fight. Uh, he was sparring round five of his sparring session, and he's got his eyebrow split, and he's gone to get stitches and couldn't fly. So he is out. UFC calls up Alexander, you want the fight? And he said yes straight away. That's the type of uh, uh, fighter that Alexander Volkanovsky is. I mean, this is this is huge for the UFC as well because I, I believe that this prob- this fight probably fans want to see more than uh, the Charles Oliveira matchup. So th- the fact that it's short notice is amazing as well because, they, again, this is a fight that could have been built up for, uh, for months on end. But the fact that it's only 11 days notice is incredible. And, uh, and Volkanovski uh, will have another chance to get that lightweight belt against the opponent he fell short, just shorter against here in Perth in February. Amazing. Uh, we'll come back to that in a moment with all the uh, details, but I believe, just speaking to a couple of guys in the office, because of the Abu Dhabi uh, time frame, it may be an early, like a 4 a.m. fight over here, but we'll get some more details in a moment. Let's just go closer to home. Tim Zhu, Brian Mendoza this Sunday, which is gain, is going to be a significant fight up on the Gold Coast. Yeah, this is huge as well because, again, Tim Zhu uh, became the WBO uh, full champion as soon as Jamel Charlo stepped in the ring against Canelo Alvarez last Sunday. And that was just for, more for theatrics because it was undisputed versus undisputed. As soon as uh, Charlo stepped in the ring... Tim Zhu became the uh, the fully-fledged uh, WBO super welterweight champion, and he makes his first title defence this Sunday on the Gold Coast against a very tough and hard-hitting uh, Brian Mendoza. So, uh, so yeah, going to be a very interesting fight, this one, because Mendoza has come from nowhere. He's, had a, he's been on a bit of a uh, KO hot streak himself. He's a hard-hitter, so that's probably going to be the only danger to Tim Zhu. And again, he had a, a good victory earlier in the year, but he shocked the boxing world when he uh, when he scored a brutal stoppage of a formerly undefeated fighter, with, which is well known in the boxing circles in Sebastian Fundora in April. So that was a massive upset. He gets the shot, and uh, and both got good attitudes. Uh, but again, and they both both these guys uh, like to utilise the pressure in the ring, especially Tim Zhu. But the way I see this fight going is that I think it's going to be a very good, you know, very tactical war of war early. But I think that uh, that Tim Zhu's cardio, I've been very impressed with uh, watching his uh, uh, fight over his career so far. I think he's going to be able to wear down uh, Mendoza and get the stoppage probably later in the fight. Yeah, it should be a beauty, uh, Bretton Moore. Of course, we'll look at that uh, early next week after the fight is won and uh, certainly fought and won by either Zoo or Mendoza. Now, you've been involved in Australia's best MMA promotion, Eternal MMA. It's heading back to Perth this month for Eternal Lady, which will be at the HBF Stadium uh, there in Mount Claremont on Saturday, October 28. You can get your tickets now from Ticketmaster. You'll be calling all the action. It's a big program, is it? Yes, yeah, certainly is. I'll be calling uh, the action on a worldwide audience uh, for UFC Fight Pass. Again, uh, you said it best, Australia's best MMA promotion, Eternal MMA. Very uh, happy to be proud of it, uh, part of it. And uh, promoters Ben Vickers and Cam O'Neill put a you know, magnificent card together so far. There's still more fights being announced. Uh, but it's the, the headlined by Eternal Lightweight Champion Quillen Sal Kilt. Watch out for that name because I believe he's UFC. He's going to be a future UFC fighter, Quillen Salkild. He's going to be defending his belt for the first time after he uh, won it you know, very early in round one at uh, Eternal 76 over Blake Donnelly, a fight I called. 
He's going to be facing an American, and he's, got, he's actually nicknamed the American Nomad in Brett Pastor. So he's a three-and-one fighter. Uh, and remember, Kulin Kill was uh, supposed to be on the road to UFC in August, but his fight got cancelled after his uh, opponent got injured. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he takes up uh, this opportunity as the main event again at Eternal uh, 80. And also, uh, a man that you've uh, you know, obviously had in the SCN studio as well, the signing of Stephen Erstig is doing extremely well in the UFC. He vacated his Eternal Flyweight belt, and that belt is now vacant and will be on the line at Eternal 80, and they'll be contest- contested by uh, with An- Anthony Drillich taking on Frank the Tank Jankowski. Good on you, Brett. And I believe there's a celebration inside the Bonetti household. Happy 21st to Brennan Bonetti, your eldest of two children. Can't believe he's 21. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe. Thank you very much, Peter. I'm sure he's listening right now. But, uh, yeah, that's unbelievable. It makes me feel very old. And uh, how do you feel? You've uh, basically known me longer <laughs> than that. So he's known him all his life. <laughs> I knew you when you just got married. Didn't have any kids. And now your boy is 21. <laughs> just amazing how time flies. Good on you, Brett. Thanks for joining us on the program. Pass on my best to the young fellow for his 21st. Will do, Peter. Enjoy the fights. Thanks to Brett Bonetti, our expert uh, commentator on anything to do with MMA, bringing us the big news that uh, UFC featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky will face off for the lightweight title against Islam Makachev in only 11 days' uh, time in Abu Dhabi. Just finally updating sport, uh, thanks to Irrigir is here to save time and water. Just recapping what happened at the AFL Trades today, Brody Grundy is on his way to Sydney. Pick number 46 and a future second rounder will head to Melbourne in relation to the deal. Also, the news regarding Taylor Adams. Sydney have locked uh, in Adams. Pick number 33 has gone to Collingwood Exchange for their vice captain. And just in some other news, Hunter Clark has re-signed with St Kilda until the end of 2025. The 24-year-old almost moved to North Melbourne last year but stuck around playing 19 games for the Saints in 2023. And Bombers list boss uh, Adrian Dodoro has told Trade Radio they'll lodge the paperwork to sign St Kilda's Jade Gresham in the next 24 hours. So that brings you up to date with some of the news regarding uh, the AFL trades, all thanks to Irrigear, which offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water. Irrigear is here. And I'm out of here. I'll be back again tomorrow at 5 right here on Sports Day WA. Thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA over 45 years. Thanks to Jimmy. Uh, thanks to Hida. And see you tomorrow here on SENWA.